0: Is there anybody there? No. <laughs> somebody, somebody texted me, and they're like, "Do you know that you guys are chit-chatting before the podcast?" I was like, "Yeah." It's like, okay, just making sure. <laughs> so anyway,
1: I'm just here to make the podcast entertaining for once.
0: <laughs> oh, you should have held on to that one. Should have held on to that
1: one. I regret to inform you that you're all about to listen to the next episode of the Firestarters podcast.
0: <laughs> I'm Romney Navarro, and this is Firestarters, a streamlined funding podcast where entrepreneurs share their stories, passions, and the formulas of fueling their success. Each week, we talk to extraordinary people about what they do, why they do it, how they make a difference, and how they inspire the people around them. Now, it's time to bring the heat. Like I promised, here is the second part of a three-part series on Unlocking the Vault. Today, we talk about communications and who better to talk communications with than Sean Harris, our producer and communicator extraordinaire. We are going to give you tips, types, and hopefully a little bit of a, let's call it entertainment. Successful investors use leverage to get the most from their investments. Streamline Funding provides project financing for home builders and entrepreneurs all across the state of Texas. Visit StreamlineFunding.com or give us a call at 512-250-8575 and speak with a Streamline representative today. We have infinite funding, resources, and expertise to help you grow your business. All right, we're back. And uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Everybody's tuning in again today. This is going to be one of those episodes. Kidding. This is going to be a great episode, guys. This is going to be the second part of a three-part series where we unlock the vault or hopefully give you information where you could unlock the vault. But what I mean by unlock the vault, access all the capital you need to finance your real estate investments. Today, I'm going to do it a little different though. Last week, uh, or last time you heard the first part, which was a transparency part of the three-part series, I just sat here and talked for like 30 minutes, and it was tough. Awkward. There it is. <laughs> that's the little different. That's what we call them around here, a little different. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's our producer, Sean Harris, ladies and gentlemen. He's going to be joining us today because he's got a lot of information specific to today's topic, which is the second part, and that is communications. So when we talk about unlocking the vault, we're talking about three things. We're talking about transparency, communication and performance, and I figured, who better to talk to us about communications than Mr. Communications himself? Nobody communicates better than this man. Show him how you communicate, sir.
1: I, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Yeah, that's right, Romney.
0: Well done. That's Thank what you. his email correspondence looks like, too, so he's, <laughs> he's not really that good. He just, yeah, he's all right. He cleans up pretty well, but here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, um, today I want to break it down into a couple of things. I want to tell you the importance of communication, okay? I want to tell you the types of communications and then hopefully this is the the big takeaway for everybody, the times, the the reasons to communicate. And as we were talking about before the show started, there is a certain cadence to communication that a lot of people don't understand. It has to happen at a certain point depending on the situation. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and we're going to have a little bit of fun. But before we do that, let's have a little fun with Sean.
1: Oh boy. Here it comes. Here it comes.
0: All right, Sean. I have... You could, you could take this hand or this hand, the, the blue pill or the red pill. Okay. All right. Inside of each of these hands, I've got a little game just to kind of break the ice so that everybody gets to know you a little bit more. All right. All right. Pick one and I'll, answer, I'll ask you the question or the thing that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw at you. Blue let's, pill or
1: red pill? Let's take the blue pill.
0: Oh, that's the easy one. There it is. See it? No, yep. there's nothing in that hand. But let's just tell them a little bit about yourself. I know you, um, you run all communications from this office. Anything that it, any of our investors, our clients see you put your hands on it's definitely got your your written word attached to it. So aside from that, though, let's uh, maybe tell these guys a little bit about it, and then at the end, let's play two truths and a lie.
1: Oh boy! Two
0: truths mm-hmm. and a lie.
1: Okay, that sounds good. So I actually majored in communications when I went to college. A long time ago. Long time ago. Yes. And uh, I unfortunately I was a political communication major. And political communication, I'm not really sure, is even an actual form of communication these days, so (laughs) my degree might be completely useless. (laughs) But I, I mostly have done public relations and marketing during my career and a little bit of, of journalism and ghost writing and that sort of stuff. So that's really my background.
0: Yeah. Well, marketing communications, uh, investor communications, Absolutely. there's, there's varying, a there's, lot of that here for sure. There's a lot of that yeah. here. Yeah. And that's why I thought it'd be great for you to be here because you're going to be able to talk to us specifically about the things that you put out in front of the investor group. Yeah. And that's what hopefully the people that are listening are thinking of like, what do I put out in front of my investors? Mm-hmm. If I'm raising any money, be it a bank loan, which isn't raising money, but I mean, you still have a capital partner, right. an investment partner, or just, you know, your ne- next door neighbor. You got to talk to these people in some capacity in, in different ways. Sure. So hopefully you could bring some of that. So now I hope so. let's talk a little bit about the other thing. All right. The red pill or the blue pill. I think that's what you said. No,
1: I, Yeah. I picked the blue pill. Good. Cause yes. the red
0: pill was, was dangerous. Is it poison? Yes. <laughs> 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 it would have been the end of the show. Oh man. <laughs> the blue pill, two truths and a lie. Tell them about yourself. Okay. Two truths and a lie, and I'm going to be the, I guess, you're who you're playing against. I'm going to be the guesser. You're going to be the guesser. Yeah. Okay. Two truths. One thing about communications, you sometimes have to be quick. Oh, I'm not good at that. Mm.
1: I like to mull it over. You think too much. I know. You didn't give me enough advance notice for this. So, two truths and a lie. Here's the first one. My favorite food is kimchi. Kimchi, got it. That's right. I own seven bicycles.
0: Okay, bike man.
1: I, my favorite book is The Art of War.
0: All right, man, this is kind of easy for me Um, because I know you and i tried to throw things out there that you might not know though all right well since my office smells like kimchi kimchi like the beginning of shit kimchi it smells like crap all the time <laughs> um, i'm pretty sure kimchi is a truth that is true all I right love kimchi um i know what you read and while you strike me as an art of war guy I don't think this is the center of your bullseye. Boom! That is the lie. That's the lie. All right, I was gonna walk through the seven bikes, but I used to know you were a bike guy back yeah. in the day. So, anyway, yeah. that was fun, man. Um, Art of War is in my top ten.
1: Yeah. 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 No, it's a good book. It's just not my favorite. Know it, what your enemy's it's not doing. Really my thing.
0: Love it. Yeah. So let's break this down, man. I'm going to jump right in. So this is the, the second part of a three part series. As I said, it is the second part of the unlock the vault series. And what's cool about this guys, if, especially if you've never heard this type of present, this presentation before we try to dive deep into giving you tips on how you can really, you know, juice your business, really get the most out of your business as when it comes to raising capital. So first thing about communication and I want to just break this part down. This is, last week I talked about transparency and the, you have to be willing to almost like undress in front of your clients, in front of your investors. Yeah. Like you show gotta, them the good. You got to be careful with that,
1: but yeah. I mean,
0: it depends. <laughs> it depends on what you're investing in, right? Yeah, and who your
1: investors are, I suppose.
0: Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Every, everybody, anyway, you have to be willing to be completely vulnerable. How about that? Is that a better word? Absolutely. Vulnerability is everything. And I got to tell you, there's a time and and you've experienced it, Sean, I've experienced it. And I'm positive. Everybody's listening has experienced this when they're communicating where there's a tendency to want to, you know, kind of put a positive spin on things. Sure. And it's tempting as tempting as it may be. That's not getting you any brownie points. right. Agreed. So when I talk about communication, guys, I'm talking about three things. I'm talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly. You have to deliver the good, the bad, and the ugly. So as we're talking about the good, that's easy. That's easy. Let's say you told somebody you're going to use $100,000 and turn it into 112, and then all of a sudden you turn it into 114. That's the good. Easy communication. That could be a text, a celebratory text, a little kind of confetti falling off, right? Yeah, there you go. Anything. It's like, here, here's 114. Yay everybody's happy, but there's the bad and the ugly. And a lot of people think that the bad and the ugly mean like the end, like this is, you know, if I say this, we fall off a cliff. If I say this, the relationship's over. And as we start talking about this a little bit more here in just a moment, the bad and the ugly oftentimes are gonna be where you're gonna be, where you're gonna make the most, the best and biggest impression on your investors or your clients. So this kind of applies to anything. When I talk about communication, today I'm talking about investors, but it applies to anything. You tell somebody that something is wrong and you have a plan to fix it, they at the very least, at the very least, gain a little additional trust. It's like, okay, thank you. That's what I needed to hear.
1: Okay. Yeah, and they also know that you know that there is a potential problem and that you are capable of fixing
0: it or at least trying to God forbid they knew that there was a problem before you did. Right. That's you're a, you're a bad operator. If that's the case, if you're raising capital and they know there's a problem and and you don't problem. So absolutely get ahead of it. Let them, let them know that you're the expert and you're running, you're running things. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about the good and then we're talking about the bad and then we're talking about the ugly. The ugly is the bad is like, Hey, we've got a problem. I've got a solution. The ugly is we got a real problem. Okay. That's not necessarily one that anybody wants to quote unquote communicate, but at the end of the day, you have to, if Sean, you told me I need a hundred grand for this thing and I lent you the hundred grand and we had some type of agreement. If you're going to send me back $92,000, it's, it's ugly. Yeah. But you need to tell me
1: Mm -hmm. you
0: can't not send me back my money. You can't not tell me that something went wrong. Yeah. So I'm talking about all of it now. Hopefully you never have to get into the ugly. You're always going to get into the bad. Nothing goes according to plan. Right. Okay. Okay. But hopefully you never have to get into the ugly. So that's that's communication. Just remember, guys, share all the news—the good, the bad, and the ugly—which leads me to the next thing. And you, you made a little list here, Sean. So let's talk about the five types of communication. Sure. And this is definitely where you, you know, you run point around here how we communicate. And there are five distinct ways to communicate. And remember, we're we're using the you know, we're thinking about investors here, communicating to investors. Mm-hmm. And the, the very first one, let's break this one down. Verbal. S- right. What do you, I mean, let's just break that down. Maybe you could talk a little bit about the state of the company type stuff, how we communicate there.
1: Yeah, and I think the verbal communication is really the form of communication that people think of first, because that's how we as humans are used to communicating in our daily lives, right? And it's also a little more, personalized form of communication, because you're, you're typically either face to face, or you're, you're communicating in in real time, so to speak. So obviously, if you are talking to investors, you're going to be on the phone a lot, and you might be uh, face to face, uh, oftentimes. And so verbal communication is really our go to as as people as humans.
0: Yeah, and I'll say this, from our standpoint, and maybe even from the people listening, because I do understand, kind of the the audience that we speak to is going to be real estate investors, builders, mm-hmm. developers, people who are transacting quite often. It's oftentimes the most frequent form of communications. Um, there are other ways to communicate. Don't get me wrong, but the closer you get to becoming an you know an institution, mm-hmm. the further you get away from verbal communication. But even then, there is a place for verbal. But if you're kind right. of grassroots, you know, guerrilla bootstrapping this stuff. Verbal communications takes up the biggest, you know, chunk of the pie. Right. Yeah. So it, it's a it's a big part of this thing. It's definitely the most frequent, um, almost as frequent as my email pop-ups here, if, that's, if you haven't heard that. It's about the third one I think we've heard. <laughs> um, the next one, uh, and by the way, verbal, ver- there's something interesting about verbal, and I know we're going to break some of this down in just a moment, but it, it because of the way you communicate and because of the relationships that you have, um, there's al- there's sometimes a fine line between formal and informal. Mm-hmm. You know, I could you know, blowing sunshine is informal. Yeah. You know, getting right to the to the bad or the ugly has to be formal. There is no way to sugarcoat that stuff. Right. You know. All right, the next one, nonverbal interpersonal communication. I have no idea what this means. Do so you talk to me?
1: Yeah, so this is interesting um, because this a lot of people will include sort of your body language or the tone of your voice. So even though you may be communicating with somebody verbally, you also may be non-verbally communicating through the tone of your voice, right? The words that you choose, uh, those type of things. But what I think is actually kind of interesting is you don't even have to be present to communicate non-verbally. So Romney, if you... If I came into your office in the morning before you got here, and I left dog poop on your desk, and then you came in and saw that dog poop, well, that's a form of nonverbal communication because I'm definitely saying something to you.
0: Absolutely, right? I'm not
1: sure what you're saying, but it's it's not good. <laughs> but I don't even have to be in the room. You don't hear my voice. You don't you don't see any sort of communication from me. But it's still a form of communication.
0: Yes, yes. It says Sean is an asshole. An asshole. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly yeah thanks but but that that's just an example so it's it's much more obscure than you you might think you know beside just body language and that sort of thing
0: even as it relates to um nonverbal in the just kind of the speaking cues as we're having conversation eye lang- uh, eye contact body language that's a lot of nonverbal stuff mm-hmm. I, man I, I never forget it was in Vegas in November of 2018 we were doing some we were it was the American Association of Private Lenders. Mm-hmm. And um, I was asked to give the final class in a like a 10 hour workshop. This is in Las Vegas, where everybody is, you know, kind of, yeah, everybody's in the business. Um, a bunch of type A's. Let's just call them a bunch of type A's. They go to Vegas on Saturday, party Saturday, maybe, mm-hmm. hang out a little bit on Sunday, and then Monday morning they have to sit through this class for 10 hours and they asked me to have the final leg. Like imagine it was a, you know, four by one zillion relay where they just kept handing the baton to people. And I got the final leg. And I remember thinking to myself as I was prepping for the content that I was going to give, I was like, these guys are going to be dead tired. It's about 40 of these people are going to be dead tired. I hope nobody's listening because they could call me out a little bit more. (laughs) Um, so I'm going to go in and I'm just going to bring the energy. I'm going to bring the heat and, um, my content was spot on, by the way. I mean, I, I gave them everything I think they needed to learn, everything I definitely wanted to give them, yeah. and hopefully they walked out of there with some information. But I remember my, my initial reaction was like, I'm going to walk in there, and I'm going to have so much energy that these people are going to have to wake up. So I walked up to the podium, and I'm like, all right, everybody. And these people looked at me like, I can imagine the nonverbal communication coming (laughs) from that room. Well, so, so there was a, there was a, somebody in the audience raises his hand. I was like, yeah, you, he's like, "Um, can can you, can you turn it down a little bit? So what I did is I just got off mic and I did one of these Mm -hmm. so that they didn't have to hear me on mic and it worked out. But anyway, I came in there with this like crazy amount of energy and they're probably thinking this guy's crazy.
1: Well, and you're just a high energy guy. You're just a positive high energy guy. Uh. Yeah. Maybe so, yeah, I can imagine when you're really cranked up. Yeah.
0: Vegas, baby <laughs> cranked up. That's disgusting. But Vegas, <laughs> um, that was just a great story. And like I said, if anybody's listening to that, shoot me an email or, or I don't know, shoot, connect with me somehow. Cause that was funny. And I don't think I spoke to any of you guys after that because I was so embarrassed.
1: <laughs> Let us know how Romney really did up there. The well, content was spot on Guaranteed. <laughs>
0: All right. This one now becomes the more, as we start kind of going down the formal chain, we're talking about written communications. Yeah. This is, in my opinion, this is this is the most important one.
1: Yeah, and written communication, I think, in the world of business, has really become the primary mode of communication. Sure. You know, uh, we we communicate via email with everybody with everything that we do, and written communication also is really my primary medium in marketing, public relations. Sure. Anything like that. I consider myself more of a writer first, and everything else is secondary to that. But I will say that written communication is great, but it does not take the place of verbal communication mm-hmm. because uh, you don't have the same real time aspect to it that you do with verbal communication. So, for instance, I'm the type of person that in the office here, instead of sending an email to somebody to get an answer on something, and waiting for them to get to it or whatever, I will walk across the office to your desk and be like, Hey, you got a second because that's a more immediate way to get things done.
0: That's another way. That's a good point. Written communication is a little bit slower too. I wasn't thinking about it from that perspective, but it's absolutely slower, you know, but you think about it from this, the other thing with written communication, you can't always um, get, you can't always make the point you're trying to make and, or, Receive the point that the person's trying to make. You know what I mean. And and I, I oftentimes, you know, as I as I read an email or a text or whatever, I'm like I'll you know let's set a meeting because I I think something's going to get lost in translation.
1: Yeah, and you know, for for the tone gets lost. Yeah, in written communication, for instance, it's very difficult to write humor. Yeah, especially it's, for you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> 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 it's. <laughs> damn you Romney. <laughs> um,
1: it's, it's much easier to verbally communicate humor because you can use your, your body language, the sure. tone of your voice timing, which are some things that are, are completely absent from written communication. It's, all flat. it's, it's very formal. It's, yeah. It's
0: well, and that's, so speaking of the formality and that's going to be the next thing we talk about formal versus informal or formal and informal forms of communication. Mm-hmm. One reason I think one reason written communication has become a little bit more the standard now um, is because how much we're archiving. I mean, just just look at the tweets. Just mm-hmm. look at the tweets. Oh, that is yeah. that is everything now. So, I um, you know, if if you're ever going to get into a lawsuit, if you're ever going to sue or be sued, what are they gonna? What is your attorney gonna say? Hey, tell me everything you guys talked about, or show me every email communication. Yeah, the latter, because so that an actual
1: is, record of it too.
0: A, because there's a record, so a lot of people are communicating now, written through written form, just Mm -hmm. to keep a record, just to archive it. Say, I said this, here it is, and I'll tell you what. If you're listening to this and you're raising money, written communication is is the king, because you can always fall back on that. It's like this is what I said right here. Now, there's no sense in going and verbally communicating something different. Your message has to be consistent. Mm -hmm. Okay, if they need further explanation, then you do it verbally, but you know you state the facts in written form. Yeah, every single time. So talk about verbal or formal and informal.
1: Yeah. And <clears throat> I just want to say with all of these different types of communication, there's a lot of overlap. Of course. Right. And formal and informal communication can come in lots of different forms. Um for instance, I think right now the conversation you and I are having, it's both formal and informal. sure because we're trying to get across some ideas and some sort of educational content, but you know we're still kind of taking jabs at each other and everything as well. Um, <clears throat> and so I don't think I don't think communication has to be either or I think it works best when it's both. And obviously, in business, formal communication, Obviously, is is often most appropriate.
0: Not only that, it's also a little bit easier to digest because because yeah. you don't have to look for the cues. Yep. You don't. The, you know, that's not clouding the the overall message. Yeah. Um, And then finally, there's visual communication, something that you also partake in quite a bit. But visual Mm -hmm. communication, I I don't know exactly what you mean by this. I'll let you kind of make the point. But I I could envision this being a gigantic spectrum of things.
1: Yeah, and it is. And this is, again, this kind of overlaps with nonverbal communication because we are also sort of talking about body language and that sort of thing too. But what's interesting to me is that communication among human beings started as visual communication, because we did not have language. So if you think about cave paintings, probably the oldest known form of communication that that we have as an example, there's also things like smoke signals, right? There, There's all sorts of Older and primitive forms of communication that did not involve language. So those are just a couple of examples.
0: Yeah, and we still and we still understand that type of stuff. In in the, today the modern day example <laughs> of your caveman example, which is great, I guess. Um, Instagram. <laughs> yeah, it's, would,
1: it's kind of like putting your own little cave paintings up there, even though they're sometimes photographs or or whatever. But we do Instagram. I think is the perfect uh, example because it is primarily. Uh, sort of a visual type of communication. There, uh, We do put captions and everything, but nobody scrolls through Instagram just looking at the captions. I no. mean, we look at the images.
0: So I would say that the business version of that, like let's just add a business component to it, would be your charts, graphs. PowerPoints. Yeah, I mean, yeah. your your diagrams, that's, that's a little, that's a visual uh, form of communication with very little content, very little writing. It's just like this is what it looks like.
1: Absolutely. And oftentimes that is coupled with verbal communication and other forms of communication as well.
0: All right, man. Well, um, since we, since we're kind of just jumping, you know, from here to there to the next place, I'm going to talk about what we talk about in our presentation. And that's the top five times to communicate when you're raising money. So Mm -hmm. um, definitely chime in here, uh, Sean, because you have a lot to do with this as well. But let, let me tell you this: When we started raising money at the, you know, at the parent company here, you guys know that I work for a company called Streamline Funding. I, I do, I, I, I'm the chief lending officer. I do a bunch of lending. Um, we don't just lend money that we get from a bank or money that we just have in our pockets. We raise capital, and when we raise capital, we need to, you know, communicate with our investors. These are our intentions, and this is how we're going to perform, and so on and so forth. Well, before we ever got the first penny, we needed to do a couple of things and the very first time that we ever like really quote unquote unlocked the vault got a little more than we were expecting was when we started started sharing new opportunities. So, top 5 times to communicate, the very first one is when you have an investment opportunity. It's so simple yet it's forgotten. I right now and I you know, this is me kind of taking a I don't know. This is this is I should be I'm kind of preaching to the choir a little bit here because I have a, I have a deal right now that I haven't communicated to my investors or to my, my, you know, my personal group. And I'm kicking myself in the butt saying, damn, I just, I just need to show these guys the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So one reason to communicate the very first reason is show them the opportunity. And, and that's real simple. It's like, this is what I'm looking for. This is what the project looks like. And this is what I anticipate getting in return. Okay? And
1: let's face it. You're not going to get any funding unless you communicate that opportunity oh, to yeah. the lender. So that, that's the first step.
0: Literally zero funds have ever been raised if you've not communicated that. So you exactly. always communicate a new opportunity. That's the the big one, okay? Then the next one. Now you've already taken the money and you're controlling the capital and you're moving things around. Now you need to start communicating on a more frequent basis. That that cadence that I was talking about, mm-hmm. okay? So this new opportunity may be a little bit scattered. You might have one a month. You might have two a month. You might have one a year. Everybody's gonna be a little different. Mm-hmm. But once we've taken an opportunity, once we've taken a an investment, if you will, you know, call it what you will. A lot of people say, well, I'm not the fiduciary because I'm not a such and such. Listen, if you take any money, you owe them a responsibility. You have a responsibility. Fiduciary or not, you have a responsibility. Yeah. So this is where the cadence comes in. You talk to your investors on a monthly basis. Absolutely, positively hit your investors up with a monthly statement, all right? Give them the numbers. This is where you give them the narrative and you give them the numbers. The narrative is that verbal communi or the written communication you were talking about. It's like this and this and this went on, this and this and this went on. And here are the numbers. X percent complete, 72 percent this, $100,000 left to draw. Boom, 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 boom. Give them the narrative and give them the numbers.
1: And this is really a combination of of all sorts of different forms of communication because a lot of it's going to be written. Some of it's going to be visual. Some of it's going to be verbal.
0: Yeah, and the... At the end of the day, if you could, when you get to the point where you have, where you've limited your need for the verbal communication, where you've kind of cut off the need for verbal communication, that means you're doing a really good job with the, with the written communication. Mm-hmm. Also, if you continue to perform, which is what we're going to talk about the next time, you know, you also kind of cut down the, the need for verbal communication more than, more than anything. Cause, if yes, they're cause the
1: lender is going to take less convincing
0: at that point. Yeah. If you, if you've established a track record Correct. And, and a reputation. Correct. Correct. The, the next one, guys, especially as it relates to real estate investing, is biweekly progress photos. I keep talking about that cadence. This one is one that you could you can make whatever you want. Some people are as obnoxious as once a week. Some people like biweekly. Some people like once a month. Some people like once a quarter. Biweekly, monthly is kind of our preferred. Mm-hmm. But remember, we're talking about real estate. A lot of people get excited just about the real estate. So you show them an ugly old house you know, and pick a neighborhood. Okay, then three weeks later, two weeks later, or a month later, Show them that same old ugly house with a couple of improvements visually. Mm -hmm. Okay. They're now starting to see it. So I'm talking about, you know, the first one I'm talking about the monthly status updates where you tell them the story and give them the numbers. Yep. Now I'm saying back it up with photos, show them the proof. Sometimes your investors aren't going to drive by your property. Just like the one I'm looking at in Marfa, Texas. None of my investors are going to Marfa. No, it's just me. (laughs) Just a bunch of artists and hippies, isn't it? Oh yeah. but It's so cool. (laughs) If you want to get in on a deal in Marfa, ladies I've and gentlemen, yeah, yeah, hit me up. It's a great one. Um, next one. This is an important one. And I know we're running a little bit out of time, but I'm going to try to make my point as detailed as possible. And hopefully as this is the most important one for me. New opportunities is probably a very close second though, for for the record. Um, upcoming exits. So back in, up. okay, let me explain that real quick. Upcoming exits. I took, uh, I took your money and put it into an investment. The investment worked out and I'm giving you your money back. That is an upcoming exit. Before I give you your money back, I want to communicate to you, hey, I'm going to give you your money back. So powerful. So powerful because one of two things probably is going to happen. One, they're going to be like, well, hold on. I like that return I was getting. It's like, no. You know, the second thing would be, no, don't give me my money back. Let me keep, um, let me keep making my returns. But here's where the power play comes in. And it's not a power play like you trying to, you know, be the, uh, you're not trying to negotiate with these people. This just happens naturally. So say they gave you a hundred grand. This is where they tell you, this is where they tell themselves, that was such a great experience. I'm going to give this guy 250 grand. I'm going to give him a million dollars. And if you don't believe me, let me tell you about this, about this one time in our life here at noble capital from 2012 to about 2014. The vast majority of the money that we raised, we did it by way of upcoming exits. So we would take so many dollars for an investment, put it into a loan. The loan performed. We get we get the money back. We pay off our investors. Right when we were about to send our investors their $150,000 wire, they said, oh, what can you do with five hundred dollars Guys, that happened every day. Every day for two years, that was our main fundraising vehicle. Mm. It was basically grabbing more of the wallet, you know, of the invest- the investor's wallet. And it's not a it's not a bad thing. I mean, if you're doing if you're investing well, it's a good thing. Um, but when you have an upcoming exit, it's such a powerful moment because they see the end is near, and if they have other plans with the money, then great. But oftentimes, what they're going to say is like, "Here's a little bit more money because I love that return."
1: Yeah, and if you look at it from through the lender's eyes, what is something that is completely eliminated once a an investment is exited? Risk. Yeah. And it was a su- successful investment. You no longer have to worry about the risk because you've got your return. You've got your principal back.
0: And I would, you know, trust is in there too. So oftentimes it's like- Definitely a trust builder. It, it's kind of yeah. dipping your pinky toe in the pool. And then, you know, maybe they're not, maybe they're not cannonballing next, but they might put their feet in the pool, mm-hmm. you know, and then a year or two later, it's cannonball time, you know, backyard barbecue parties, cannonball time. Yeah, so Totally. Um, that's a big one guys if, if that one didn't make sense definitely hit me up I would love to expand on that a little bit maybe that's something we write about because those upcoming exits mean so much in fact I lend money for a living um, we currently have about $175 million out on the street people are bar- have borrowed $175 million who are actively renovating or currently building working. their houses yeah just yeah. out there 175 million soldiers out there every time one of my clients calls us with a payoff that is that is like it's just a best day of our life. We call those clients like, Hey, great job. How do we do some more? Yeah. So it works on me. If it works on me, it's going to work on the next person too. So great, great reason to communicate, um, upcoming events. And finally guys, and this one's a little different because not everybody has this one kind of built into their DNA, but it's just because, you know, it's kind of like the, it's kind of like just calling your friend. And I know that's a little weird for some people. Some people don't necessarily want to just call their friend. It's, I know some people don't want to just show up, especially if we've got business dealings with this person. But once you get into that personal part of the relationship, where you could, at the very least, check in and say, "Hey," and I'm going to use a fake name because I'm about to tell you a little story about a buddy of mine. Hey, John, you know, how's how's um how's your kid doing uh, up in Stanford? He's like he's great. You know, he's he's just wrapping up his degree, and then he's going to go work for. Maybe if, yeah, how do I say a space company?
1: And it's oh, like, okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One, one of, one of, one of the 7,000, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's going to go work for one of those and he's going to be a, you know, whatever. And, and you, then you get into you it. You mean we, Elon Musk, right? <laughs> no, no. Um, but you have these conversations, you get to know about these people and they get to know a little bit about you. So that same person, you know, sends, cause I would oftentimes just drop into say his restaurant. He may have a burger joint somewhere in the central Texas area. Mm. And, um, and he'll, he'll pack me up with a bunch of burgers. He's like, give that to your son, you know, cause I know he loves them. Cause every time I do go by there, I try to bring my son, so on and so forth. There's something pretty powerful about that. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily grab more money or less money. But it definitely means that they're going to be a little more comfortable around you. And and while comfort and trust is, I mean, trust is, you're not going to win trust through a personal relationship, but it certainly doesn't hurt.
1: Well, and it makes people feel good because you didn't have to communicate with them, but it shows that you wanted to communicate with them. And the
0: psychology behind it too, man, is like if if they see that you're willing to go out of the way, um, they feel like... You're you're going to go out of your way to make sure that their investment goes well. What what I mean by that is like they don't have that same fear of the person that they don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, they see like, wow, this guy is making an effort even now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. So the just cause is a hard one. It, it's not for everybody. Let me just say that it's not for everybody. In fact, we have a number of fundraisers in the office, and not all of them, you know, apply this kind of principle. They they just don't communicate just cause. Many of them do. But some of them don't. Some of them are just strictly written communicators. Boom, boom, boom. Just Cause is a very, very important one. And I think that's one where it could uh, potentially take your business to the next level, especially as it relates to the word of mouth um, referrals. So very important one. So five reasons or five times to communicate, guys, when you have a new opportunity, when you just monthly status updates, your narrative and numbers, biweekly progress photos, incredibly important when you're talking about real estate. The fourth one would be upcoming events, or exits, excuse me, anytime you have an upcoming exit. And the fifth one, and, you know, probably the most meaningful one to them is just cause. You Mm -hmm. know, hey, buddy, let's get together for a beer. Um, Speaking of which, we did not have any beer today. No, I've got an important meeting after
1: this, so I I gotta be on my game, man. That's why you had vodka. Uh, No. Yeah,
0: (laughs) sure. We're we're recording, buddy.
1: (laughs) You know, I'm a bourbon guy. (laughs) Um.
0: Well, we didn't have any beer today. We got to figure out our beer situation. Uh, Strangeland—that's a—that's a shout out slash call out. Let's do something. Um, we are—we're uh, definitely having fun with this podcast. This is the second of a three-part series. Yep. Um, this was, you know, a little different than what we're normally accustomed to, but that's okay because I think we delivered some good content to the to the listeners. But let me say this, guys—we're going to come back with the third one, and the third one is all about performance. So, first first rule in unlocking the vault when it comes to raising capital is transparency. Be transparent with your investors. The second rule is communication. So keep it coming, you know, often, early, often, and communicate the good, the bad, and the ugly. And then finally, perform. I mean, I don't really need to talk about that too much. Yeah. If you say basically do what you say you're going to do. So um, communication means imparting information or news. And uh, I've got a little bit of news about Sean. Um, I, uh, I've asked him to join me on the show Uh, every single episode moving forward because me sitting here by myself is absolutely no good.
1: Awkward. Yeah,
0: no, no, no news to share about this guy other than he obviously can't write a joke. Um, and he does a halfway decent job of producing a show, but it's not about Sean and it's not about me. It's about you. And it's about you guys being able to raise as much money as humanly possible. So good luck. That's right. Use these tips, see if, you know, whatever you can do to, to kind of grow your business always try, take your shots. And if you need a little bit of help, hit us up. One thing I tell people all the time when it comes to unlocking the vault, just knowing us, Romney, Sean, and the rest of the crew, you've already unlocked 80 to 90% of the vault. We've already done a lot of the heavy lifting for you. That's just what we do. Okay. So if you need to go and figure out the rest, the, the final 10, 20%, use some of these tips. If not, you know, part of this is you could use your own cash too. So, um, best of luck to you. Best of luck to everybody. Thank you, Sean. Thanks, Romney. Can't wait to do it again. episode ever. Yeah, top 10. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed, bud. Cheers. See ya. That's it for this week's Firestarter podcast. Thank you for spending time with us. We'll be back with a new episode soon. Until then, I'm Romney Navarro. Always keep the flame in your heart, and I'll see you at the top.